Oh, am I starting it now? Yes. <laughs> it's a staring contest. Who's going to talk first? Not me. I've been talking to people all day. I have too. I could be silent forever. Oh, I believe that. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Research and Rewatch, where we watch the shows we love to re. Nope. Research the shows we love to rewatch. There you go. Oh, I got there. You got it. I'm Sam. <laughs> I'm Tara. That's Tara. And this is episode two of our Star Trek series. Woo! And this episode is called Charlie X. I don't remember if the last one, if we ever said, we may have said what it was called, like somewhere around the middle. Yeah, it's a man trap. Yes. Trap man. Yeah. Something like that. Because I think, since season one of Star Trek is so long, I think we decided we're not going to do all like 30 episodes. So it will become important to start saying the names of which ones they are because we'll be bouncing around ones that we like. Yes. I like that idea. Yes. So, this episode was creepy. Super creepy. Oh, that kid is the worst. Yeah, I'm also wondering, like, did they hire him because he could do the eye thing? (laughs) I don't know. That was, like, my straight up when he first went, I was like, they they were like, alright, do a weird thing and make it look like you can do telekinesis. Uh, roll your eyes in the back of your head. Yep. Can you do it? Alright, you're cast. Yep. Now, I remember when I was reading, like, about the episode, they did write several times, like, in several different drafts of the script. They're like, he is a handsome 17-year-old boy. He's in a very attractive young man, like, over and over and over again. So I know they were definitely looking for that. I, personally, didn't think he was all that cute. But I wasn't a teenager in the 1960s, so. Well, I feel like I have no true say in it, but as a human (laughs) being, I did not find him attractive. Yeah, like, objectively, you know? Like, I feel like objectively you can look at boys and be like, that boy's pretty, and that boy's ugly. Like, I can recognize that half the Chris's in the Avengers series, slash Marvel series, are very attractive. Which half? Okay. Actually, I'm interested. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They all have very nice faces. Yes. Chris Pratt is my least favorite in terms of physical appearance. But. He's a Star Lord. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the sideburns. Yeah. Is that what what kills it for you? The sideburns? No, I think, like, he's really, really funny. And he seems like a really genuinely cool guy. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know. He just has that, like,. I don't know. He just has that... I get, like, a hockey player vibe from him. Mm. And I only like hockey players who are lesbians. (laughs) So. (laughs) Otherwise, I don't care about hockey. Yeah, that's a fair... That's a fair... Fair. Fair. So, Charlie... Uh... First off, I have Kirk rocking the green. Yes, wearing the weird green quarter sleeve or whatever. Yeah, where he's like... With in the his V-neck. formal wear. Yeah. Because I think the first episode, he was full yellow the whole time. Yes. And then I have Charlie doesn't know words. Or social cues. <laughs> it's like, he's making everybody uncomfortable. Yep. And then I have something about entertainment tapes, and I think I was thinking about porn in my head, and was just like, haha, entertainment tapes but that's because i'm apparently a 12 year old boy right now oh my gosh 
Or at the no, time. he learned how to, like, speak human language or whatever by listening to, like, the ship radio logs uh. or whatever. So, like, those were his tapes. I don't know what I was thinking then. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought that, is it Janice? Yes. I think she's in MASH, but I'm not sure. I'll have to, I was just trying to look that up, and then it got, like... She's a fictional character. And I was like, yes, yes, I know that. I need the oh, actress's Yeah, you name. have to go to, like, IMDb, Star Trek The Original Series, Episode 1, Janice yeah. Rand, Actress. Yeah. Like, whole credits list. Like, yeah. it has to be a whole thing. It's a thing. I'll look it up later. Ooh, or you could go on, um, oh, what's it called? Like, Memory Alpha or whatever? That's, like, the Star Trek Wikia. So that should have her name listed, at least. Oh, Grace... Lee Whitney. Apparently I found it. Oh. Well then you just gave up. I did just give <laughs> up. But she was not in MASH. So that's uh, a little disappointing. Oh. I still haven't seen any of MASH. It's a pretty fun show. But it's fun until about halfway through and then it gets really depressing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. And then oh, Dump Your Problems and Leave was talking about how they like the starship and the fleet were like, all right, here you go. Yes. Peace. The Antares. Yep. Antares? Yep. Something like that. I don't know. They were just like, oh, good. Please keep him. Then they left. And then they exploded. Yep. So, well, karma, I guess. Because Charlie did it. Well, I know that. Yeah. But if they had, like, put him on the ship and then, like, very slyly told Kirk right away, like, hey something's up with this kid, and not tried to send a suspicious message, maybe they wouldn't have gotten blown up. That's probably true. Um, and then I was talking about Bones's uh, Southern Charm. Yep. And then I saw the two guys who were like, good job, butt slaps, and I'm like, why are you butt slapping people? Why? Why? I don't know. Why? And then I said Charlie was creepy, and then he slapped Janice's butt. And yes. I was like, Charlie, don't slap buds. <laughs> no, no. Just don't slap buds. Yeah. That should have been... Yeah. I'm... He just... He's just so weird. Not a fan. No. Oh, I don't think you're supposed to be a fan of him. I know. Yeah. He's like... I don't know. He's like... Every man ever, basically. <laughs> <laughs> In the sense that, like... Well, no. He's like the quote, nice guy, end quote, in, like, the fedora, who's, like, the neck friend zone. Yeah, he's, like, one of those guys. And she's, like, trying to, like, get him to talk to girls his own age. And she's, like, trying to be nice without being, like, encouraging. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, Meh. I love you. I've known you for .2 seconds, and I want to be with you. We should do everything together. I'm a child. And she's like, no, no. And he's like, pouty and like angry about it. Like every man ever when you tell them no. Yeah, I feel like this was like a. Oh, so I was watching the end of this episode where she, he's like, I love you. And she's all in the, the pink stuff. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there thinking, Star Trek, second episode ever aired, is talking about consent in the 50s. 60s. 67. 60. Yeah. Late 60s. And this is still something we have to teach people. Right? <laughs> it's been like 50 Ugh. years. 
And we're still struggling. <laughs> it's literally been 50 years. Yeah. Yeah, real sad. Yep. A big bummer. Poor Janice. I feel for her. Mm -hmm. It's like the universal woman experience. It's all happened. Unfortunately. I know. I was told last Friday I was going to make a good wife. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how to respond to that. Except, thank you, I guess. That was very sexist and I'm offended. But yeah. I, I was like processing it while still trying to be polite and get him out the door at the right. same time. And I was just like, I don't, how do I sign please? Yeah. Leave nah. please. <laughs> please leave, please leave. Uh, today at work. Some guy who was, like, in his 60s or whatever, like, he was buying some beer. And I was like, oh, can I see your ID? And he, like, got all, like, legally, you have to check people's mm -hmm. IDs. And he, but he got all, like, stony-faced. He, like, looked at me, like, kind of glared at me. And he was like, I'm old enough to bend you over my knee and whoop ya. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I just, like, blinked at him. And I was like, I have to see your ID. And then he, like, fished it out of his wallet and, like, threw it on the counter. And I was, like, scared. I was like, what the heck? Talking about whooping me? That's Hello? Weird. Like, it was super uncomfortable. I don't care how old you are. There are cameras still watching me. I, I could know. get fired. Why do people not get that? I know. Someone came, actually, like, today and checked all of our, like, licenses and, mm. like, certifications that we're still, like, good to sell alcohol and everything. No, well, so, like, see. Yeah. So, like, it happens. And, like, this man is just being petulant and rude and borderline, like, sexual harassing. Like, talking about whooping me? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yep. Yeah. No. Yep. Ah, gross. He definitely would not have said that to my boss. He would have been grumpy about it, but he probably wouldn't have said anything so crass. Yeah. Ah, so. Men are the worst. Charlie X, example one. <laughs> Charlie Evans, his last name is Evans. Is it? I didn't catch that, so you know. Yes. Oh, and then the next thing on our list there was no one wants to give Charlie the puberty talk of don't slap women's butts <laughs> or just stare at them creepily. Yeah, well, I mean, doesn't, towards the end, like, Kirk talks to him a little bit. Yeah, he, he tries to. Yeah, it doesn't work. No. But he puts in the he... effort at least. Like, so, hey. Though, he kind of dances around it and is also like, hey, Charlie, just don't do that. Do you need an answer? Oh, uh, it's my dad. I thought he knew I was going to be here. Would you like for me to stop recording? Um, yeah, let's pop. All right. Puberty. Yeah. Uh, Definitely the worst. Uh, for so, sure. So, it's a struggle that he had nobody to help him out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think it's a struggle. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> You sound like you were going to say, yes, but. Where's the but? What are you thinking? Don't touch the but. <laughs> <laughs> don't, yes, but also, I feel like it's common human decency to not just be like, I'm going to slap your butt, Tara. Well, that's in, like, society. Like, he grew up outside of society. Oh, so, yeah. like, he literally had, like, no influence. And then he, like, comes on the Enterprise and he sees those guys slapping each other's butts inappropriately and then he's like oh i guess this is what people do <laughs> so really you should we should i mean obviously they need an hr manager exactly yeah i mean charlie one is just a kid 
So I don't think he can take all of the fault because kids, like, you know, pick up, like, from their surroundings or mm-hmm. whatever. So, like, if I am eating a bunch of cookies right before bed and then I tell my little child, don't eat any cookies before bed, they're going to be like, what? Like, confused. Like, you just ate cookies before bed. And then if you don't, like, explain why, then they're just going to... Because I'm an adult. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's the logic behind that. But, like, yeah. So, I mean, obviously he's in the wrong. And especially when it comes to, like, what he does when he starts to make people disappear and he's just, like, throwing a tantrum doing all this stuff Mm -hmm. with his powers. Um, Then, yeah, he's, like, definitely at fault. But at the same time, like... He's still just a kid. I think that's, like, the moral dilemma of, like, the whole episode. He's just a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, at what point does it stop being his fault and start being the fault of the people who raised him? Mm Mm-hmm. Or, like, and the people around him that are, like, influencing him. Like, at what point does it become Captain Kirk's fault that he's not, like, actually sitting down and talking to him about stuff and being, like, explicitly you should not and should do this? Well, Kirk also got screwed because he basically got handed a spoiled child yeah. who had a bunch of powers. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Star Trek is so cool like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, every episode, even if it's just something like like this, you know? It's like, at the same time, like, at the core, you can find, like, some sort of Human roots? Yes. Yes. Ah. I think that's the point of it, Yes. Ah. It's so good. Super cool. Ha. Okay, so what happened next? Um, no one wants to give the... the What does the Adams Family lighting mean? You know, um, what's... Morticia. You know how she always has her eyes super highlighted? yeah. They do that all the time in the close-ups with Kirk. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I did not notice that. Mm-hmm. That is hilarious. Most of the women and Kirk all get the highlighted eyes. Nice. It's fantastic. Y'all have to look for it next time you watch. Yes, I will. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. But I watched Adam's Family and it was the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. the ho- But it was a lot harsher. Because it was in black and white. Yeah. So, so it'd be like, she'd be in like shadows and there'd be like a white rectangle like around her eyes. Basically, you just her see eyes. her eyes and that's it. And it'd always be like slightly slanted too. I'm like, why are you? <laughs> Maybe if it was like too right on, like it would look kind of weird. Probably. It'd be like a, a box instead of just like it'd look a per- slash of purposeful lighting. Purposeful instead of yeah. the slashes, which apparently aren't. <laughs> <laughs> which you can like... Like dismiss, you can be yeah. like, "Oh, that was just uh, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, blinds." It's like we totally didn't do that on purpose. That was blinds in a starship. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, oh, uh, Ahura is building that relationship with uh, Spock by singing while he's sitting there playing the yes, the harp, the Vulcan lute, the... and I looked it up oh, for fun. So. Do it. I can throw in a little bit of research right here. So, the Vulcan lute is a 12-stringed musical instrument played on the planet Vulcan that was turned, that is tuned, excuse me, to a diatonic scale, and it has been noted throughout the series to be very soothing. 
and Spock is proficient at playing the Vulcan lute, and he's known to play often during his off-duty hours. Lieutenant Uhura has been seen as the only non-Vulcan who can play the lute. Ooh. But um, the actress who plays her, she couldn't, like, actually play any instruments, even though, like, she was vocally trained. So mm-hmm. all of the singing, like, in the original series is, like, her real voice. But, um, like, the in- whenever she plays, um, it's not really her playing. Yeah. But I thought that was cool. I'm like, nice. Because cool. she did have a pretty voice. So. It was very pretty, and then they were, like, all together, and I was like, build that relationship. Yes. That kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have Charlie as a child, because this is when he walks in, and they're, like, playing po- poker and stuff, and uh-huh. then he gets upset that they're not paying attention to him. Mm-hmm. They're paying attention to Uhura. Mm-hmm. Uhura? Mm-hmm. That, okay. I don't know. I sort of say it slightly different, I feel like, every time. Uhura. Uh-huh. Well, Uhura. We'll figure it out, eventually. Um, and then he just silenced the whole room, and then was just like, look, look at me, I'm doing card tricks. Blah, yeah. blah. And then I don't remember why I said, also a serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, was that when he made somebody disappear? I don't know if it was that was or Was it just like the lighting? Being super creepy. You were like, obviously he's a serial killer. Or was that when the ship exploded? It might have been when the ship exploded. I don't remember. And, th- and then there's the silencing. And I was like, why is no one questioning that she just stopped singing and the lute stopped making... No one's making noise and no one's saying anything about it. Well, I mean, if no one can speak, then how can they say anything about well, it? I feel like that would also be talked about later on. Like, wasn't that weird in the break room when we couldn't hear anything? <laughs> Like God, I was moving my mouth, but like I wasn't hearing any noise. Super strange. Mister Logical Spock would be the first one to be like illogical. (laughs) Let's investigate. (laughs) And then I talked about how because they did the oh, Kirk wasn't even shirtless at this point. I think I was just noticing how like Kirk had the barrel chest. You know how the Mm -hmm. barrel chest was like a thing in the sixties, and I was Mm -hmm. like, ah, yes. That was the attractive look and yes. the defined muscles. Exactly. It was hip. Mm-hmm. It was in, like that one guy. I totally don't know his name, so that doesn't help about. at all. And then yeah. I, I noticed that Kirk, uh, Kirk was talking to Charlie or whatever, and he was in his formal wear, and mm-hmm. then he immediately gets on the elevator and then goes up to the bridge and is in his yellow shirt, and I was like, Really? I didn't notice that. You changed, Kirk. Uh, uh, Change clothes real fast. Quick change in the elevator. And I think Charlie Murderer is in reference to destroying the ship. And then they were talking about turning the meatloaf into turkey. (laughs) And they came back and was like, there was a turkey in the kitchen. And I was like, also a turkey maker? (laughs) Oh, fun fact. That was Gene Roddenberry. Was it really? Yes. Gene Roddenberry made an uncredited audio cameo as the cook who exclaims that the turkey-shaped meatloaf in the galley ovens has turned into real turkeys. Oh. So, and this is his only appearance in the original series. And it's not even like a physical, it's just like, oh shoot, we forgot to record the voices of the people talking about the turkeys. Okay, I gotta do it, I guess. I feel like that's how that went. Probably. 
might not have said, oh, shoot. There probably were some more expletives. Yeah, more swearing. Maybe. I don't know. It was the 60s. Yes, maybe they're more reserved. Probably. Who knows? And then I said, good on you, Spock, for some reason. <laughs> and then the multidimensional chess, which I was like, ah, yes. 3D chess. Yes, I've always wondered how that works. I like, think is they it the actually same? Actually made it, and I think someone actually figured it out. Really? Mm-hmm. That sounds like something a Star Trek fan would do. Yeah. Like how people learn Klingon and speak it mm-hmm. as a real language. Mm-hmm. So I feel like someone—that's something someone would do. I, I bet you could buy it online somewhere. I thought about doing it on like Duolingo. Oh, yes, it is an option on Duolingo. Yeah, I thought about doing it. And then, oh, this is where I talked about the eye thing. Where he's like, let me roll my eyes into the back of my head. Yeah, super creepy. Plus, when hiring this actor. Okay, it's called Rochester Chess? Sure. It doesn't have a rules for how you play though hmm but it does have like a little book that contains the rules of play guess how much it costs um two hundred dollars higher oh my god it's 250 oh. so not that much higher but still it's a lot of money I know it ha- comes with three main playing boards, four movable attack boards, and then um, 32 pieces. 32? Yeah. So 16 are sterling silver and 16 are 24 karat gold. So that's why it's so freaking expensive because it's all these fancy pieces. And the boards are made out of like acrylic and it's like designed to be all fancy. Are we looking at the same one? I don't know. I just found one on chessset.com. Oh, I found one on Amazon. Aha! I think it is the same one. This one was discounted to $249.95. Aha! Well, I mean, this one's on sale for $219 on chessset.com. Oh, man. But, like, look at that. I want to know what the rules are. I wish they would publish the rules just by themselves. But that would be cool to learn how to do that. I suck at regular chess, so I'm sure I would be equally... Or worse at this. Um, but I think it'd be fun. But apparently, the tri-dimensional chess set has also been seen in The Big Bang Theory, gross, and Doctor Who. It's like they've used it since then. Hmm. So, But it was created in 1964 with, with Star, Trek? Star Trek. So I'm assuming that Doctor Who used it as like a, let's, let's do... A nice nod. Yeah. An homage. I have a lot of stuff that's telling me that chess is good for me, but not how to play it. (laughs) This is a good way to exercise your brain. It's like, cool, what are the rules, though? I mean, it looks really nice. Oh, different variants of three-dimensional chess have existed since the late 19th century. So, like, the, the late 1800s early 1900s so the oldest is Rashmunch Rashmunch 
I don't know. It's German. Uh, it's German for space chess, and it was invented in 1907. So, that's cool. That's where it came from. And there's, look, there's a whole subset on the Wikipedia page called Star Trek Tri-Dimensional Chess. So, that's, great. that's like the most recognizable one. Very cool. That was a whole little side note, but... We researched chess live for him. Exactly! This is our research process happening right here in front of everyone. I don't know. I think it's cool. I do, too. Yeah. I'm now, like, thinking, could I just go up to my brother-in-law and be like, let's make a 3D chess board. Not 3D. Tri-dimensional chess board. I bet he'd be down. I think so, He's a huge nerd like you are. Yeah. So, I think you guys just need to find the rules online, and then you can build your own chessboard. That's true. I'm sure I could do some searching. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be really cool to have, too. Yes. In my opinion. Yes. Even if... It's a cool, like, talking piece. Yeah. Like, have it on your kitchen table, and people are like, what is this? Is this, like, some kind of pastry, you know, like, three-tier little cake holder? And you're like, no. It's a chessboard. And then they're like, what? And then you're like, I know how to play chess in multiple dimensions. <laughs> like in Star Trek. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be so cool. Yes. Oh, I'm going to text Richard after this. Yes, do it. Um, and then you have to teach me how to play. Well, I have to I have to figure out how to play. I know. Teach yourself it. how to play. Okay. Build the chessboard and then teach me how to play and then we can battle each other. And I'll wear my Mr. Spock cosplay. <laughs> okay. All right. I think I still have those ears somewhere. That's hysterical. <laughs> I went as him for Halloween one time. Nice. Two or three years ago. Nice. Yeah. It was super cool. Nice. Uh, barrel-chested people. <laughs> Good on Nude Spock. Multi-dimensional chess. The I thing. The I thing. And then Tina, who was the girl who Janice was like, hey... Look, it's a girl your age. Talk to her. Yeah. And not me, because it's creepy. Yeah. And she was the one that got turned into the lizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't she? Yep. Yeah. And then Charlie was like, I have a hunger for you. And I was like, Charlie, this is uh, that's something else, bud. Uh, it's something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And then, and then I also stated after that that Charlie had a crush on Kirk because he obsessed with Kirk. And then Kirk left and was like, I don't want to play chess with Spock. Man. Yeah. He's like, he's very, like, attention-seeking, much in the way of, like, a child. He's like, finally, other humans. You, I've emotionally attached myself to you, lady. Let me follow you around. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, I've emotionally attached myself to you, sir. I've decided you're the pinnacle of humanity, and I want to be just like you mm-hmm. when I grow up. And then, whenever they stop, like, paying attention to him, he's just, like, spazzes. And he's just like, <laughs> I love that that's your noise for him. That's my noise for, like, anybody being annoying, oh. really. Oh. I feel like Percy gets that noise a lot. Yes, Percy will meow and I'll be like, meow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think Kirk finally was like, look now, boy. Quit acting like a fool. That's what I'm assuming tell him Kirk means. And you can't always get what you want. And ah. then... 
That's when he's trying to give him life lessons while also teaching him how to fight at yeah. the same time. Yeah, and then he's in the gym, right? And there's, like, all these guys, and they have their their shirt thingies on. Mm-hmm. And then Kirk's shirtless, and I'm like, why is he the only shirtless man in this scene? He's the eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> Women of the 60s who stay at home and don't do anything except watch Star Trek on TV. <laughs> They be looking. And then they were like, um, Kirk's teaching him how to fight, right? And rolling him on the ground. He's like, you gotta learn how to fall before you can fight. And then there's some dude in the background who's just like, whoop, 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 just pulling levers. And I'm like, what is that dude doing? (laughs) You're not exercising. You're literally just pulling, choo-choo, pulling a lever here. I don't know. It's like, look like you're... Doing a workout. On these (laughs) space workout instruments. (laughs) Well, I feel like that's like watching the old Disney How to Goofies, How to Workout videos, where they just have, like, bars on the the side of the wall and everything. I'm just like, what do you do with all of that? (laughs) It's like, where are the weights? Where are the ropes? (laughs) Like, you can very easily put a few weights and a few ropes Mm -hmm. on the ship. You know, it's not like it's going to weigh it down and no. Nope. Or like a, you could do a chin-up bar. That's yeah. a useful bar. That's an easy bar to yeah. do. Yeah. I think they do that in Next Gen. They have a chin-up bar? I think they have a better gym in <laughs> Next Gen. <laughs> not just all around. People fighting and pulling levers. <laughs> I think at one point he's literally just standing to the side pulling one. Like, <laughs> oh. I was like, what are you doing? That's the guy who has, like, only one line. So they're like, we need you to stand here so that way people know where you're coming from whenever you say your line and you're, like, laughing at the kid. They're like, oh, yeah, he's just been in here working out. Mm-hmm, obviously. Working out, yep. quote, quote, quote. Yep. And then, uh... And then... Kirk calls the guy over, whose name is Sam, by the way. Ah. And it's like, here's how you fall. This is how you do it. You ready, Sam? Let's just tumble on the ground like men do. (laughs) (laughs) And then Sam, like, goes and sits in the corner with his shirt barely on, and he's, like, wiping up the sweat, and then starts laughing at Charlie, and Charlie's like, grr, poop, and makes him go away. Yep. He's just gone now. Yep. And then Kirk fights him, and that's when I was like, who's more dominant? Charlie or Kirk? Hmm. Answer? Kirk. Yes. Obviously. I mean, he's like a 30-year-old man or whatever. Yeah. So, he's got the upper hand, Mm -hmm. for sure. And then that's when they discover that Charlie can do stuff. Yes. And then they have this debate of, well, how do we do this? We can't control him. Well, he admires you, Kirk. Blur, blur, blur. Let's debate. And I'm just like, you're you're letting the child roam free. I know. And then he ends up, like, taking over the bridge. And it's like, you all did a terrible job. Yeah. He takes over the whole ship and is like, this is my ship now. And I was like, well, Captain Phillips. But, like, 40 years ago. All yes. right, let's do this. Right? There's a line that um, got cut or it was on, like, a scene that got cut, and he says to one of the characters, he says, you better not make Charlie mad, 
or else. And I was like, what the heck kind of psycho nonsense is that? Who, Who talks about themselves that? in the third person? Who wrote that? Ugh, no thanks. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, full on creepy. And then Charlie, like, makes Janice disappear, turns Tina, the little girl, into, not little, she's a young, she's like a teenage girl. Yes, she's a young lady. A lizard. And then just starts making people disappear, and then uh, one lady, like, bumps into him, and she turns old, and then the next group of people, he's like, no laughing! And then does the Doctor Who no face thing. Mm-hmm. Which I was like, ah. Ah. Yeah, they're like, special effects for this were cool. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. I'm a big fan of those, like, editing, like, effects that make it look like, because I did, in college, one of my short films that mm-hmm. I did use that technique like have you ever seen the annoying problem of uncontrollable hiccups yes yeah and so like every time she hiccuped like something would change Mm -hmm. and so that was super fun to like do that in the editing room so I love stuff like that so I thought it was cool because it would be like it'd be like him looking at someone and then like all of a sudden it just cuts and then now they're somewhere else or Mm -hmm. somebody else so super fun and then the floating green head takes him away and says, we're sorry, we lo- lo- lost the child. And I'm like, how did you lose the child for 17 years? Let him run around like this. And then it's like, oh, shoot, we lost this ship and these people are also getting messed with? My bad, bro. Oh, I don't think they lost him for 17 years. I think, didn't he like run away? I think and then so. he like that's when he met the people on the Antares, and then they left, and then the floating green people are yeah. like, "What happened to Charlie?" And then they're like, "Oh, we better go find him." And then they found the wreckage of the ship, and they're like, "This is bad." <laughs> <laughs> and then they find the Enterprise, and then they're like, mm, "Unfortunately, he cannot live among human society because he is." too powerful because he's a bad kid yep and but they're like our bad here's all your stuff back right yeah (laughs) (laughs) that part was funny he's like we'll fix this for you we can't except for the the exploding ship ship. we can't do that one that one's too far in but we'll (laughs) we'll fix the enterprise for you we'll fix all the main plots yes we'll fix the people that matter so it's like nothing ever happened yep we'll just press the reset button whoops and then they take him away. Mm-hmm. And Captain, doesn't Captain Kirk, like, try to get them to let him stay? Yeah. He's like, he needs to be with his own kind of people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're his people now because he has these telekinetic powers. And, like, that's kind of sad, too. It's kind of like a deadbeat, like, a sad note. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, he was just a kid and he just wanted to, like, interact with human beings and like yeah he acted out and was all angry and rude and like wouldn't listen to anybody but like he was just doing it out of like that core human need for like connection and then he gets just zapped away and you're like oh okay at least i felt bad too yeah which isn't good but i still felt bad yeah what else did you learn 
Um, I researched telekinetic powers. Because we're basically at the end of the episode, and I'm out of information now. Yes. That's weird. Um, oh, uh, so I talked about the loot and the Gene Roddenberry cameo. Um, and I've decided, I've started writing down the episode's production codes, just because I think that's fun. So this was the second episode that aired on TV, mm-hmm. and it was production code 8. So it's the eighth episode that they filmed. So they filmed it um, a couple episodes after the man trap. You nerd. I know. It's so great. Um, but so for the research, I researched psychokinesis, telekinesis. And so the Wikipedia definition is an alleged psychic ability allowing a person to influence a physical system without physical interaction. And there is no convincing evidence that psychokinesis is a real phenomenon, and the topic is generally regarded as pseudoscience, which means, like, you know, that it's all made up. Well, who knows? I know. Well, let's bounce ahead to people who believe in psychokinesis, shall we? Let's. Um, the research has suggested... No, cognitive research bias, research specifically, um, has suggested that people are susceptible to illusions of psychokinesis. So, there's um, the illusion of control, which is the illusory correlative between intention and external events. Mm -hmm. So, that's like, um, like if you flip a coin... And you're like, heads, 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 and it lands on tails, you're like, oh, I just wasn't trying hard enough. Hmm. Or if you flip a coin, you're like, heads, 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 and if it lands on heads, you're like, success, I did it. Like, I got it to land on heads, even mm-hmm. though, like, you're not doing anything to it. Um, so that's, like, the illusion of control, so that you have, like, somehow internally you have influence over, like, a random object which is what I do to the TV all the time I'll stare at the TV and I'll be like change the channel change the channel change the channel and it won't happen I'll be like oh I'm not trying hard enough and then like I have to get up and go find the remote (laughs) I thought it was because your sister was watching something you didn't like but that also makes sense no yeah it's like turn on the TV and then it's on a channel that you don't like and then it's like oh I threw the remote all the way over there Mistakes were made. Exactly. And so then there's also the clustering illusion that may affect, like, that's a bias that may affect, like, people's susceptibility to the belief in psychokinesis. And so that's uh, seeing patterns where none exist, which is pretty self-explanatory. People who believe in, like, paranormal activity are really susceptible to, like, clustering illusion. Mm. Um which makes sense if you watch any, like, paranormal ghost mm-hmm. hunter TV at all. It'll be like, <gasps> did you hear that? They said hello. <laughs> exactly. <gasps> no, my dude, that's static. Exactly. It's like, no, you can hear it. Like, you can hear the sounds. Mm-hmm. You can hear the voice. It's like, no, you can't. So that's, like, seeing a pattern. It also helps when they, like, put hello right where it's supposed to literally, like, here's where it says hello. Yes. Here it is. Let me trick you. Exactly. Yeah. Let me put the word so you're like, oh, yeah, I guess I could kind of hear it. Um, and then there's also introspection illusion. This one freaked me out because I was like, oh my gosh, do I do that? 
Um, and it's uh, when a person thinks they have direct insight into the origins of their mental states and they treat others other people's introspections as unreliable. So, like, um, that one's kind of hard to explain. But it's like someone thinks that they know more, like, about themselves than other people know about them. Mm -hmm. So, like, basically it's like false self-knowledge. Like, instead of having actual self-knowledge, mm -hmm. it's, like, incorrect self-knowledge that you believe to be true. And so, it can lead to, like, a feeling of superiority, like, over others, because you just think, like, oh, like, I think this, and I'm, like, right, and so that means that I'm better than everybody else, because they all think wrong. Um, and so that's a cognitive bias that can lead to belief in psychokinesis because like some an event could happen and you could see it and you could be like oh like I believe that to be true and even if someone else saw it and it's like that's not what happened you're still like you have like that preconceived yes, notion I of like yeah happen. so it's kind of like that so um those are the illusions that make people more susceptible to believing in psychokinesis. So that's the closest that I got to any theories that it might be real. It's all like, mm, here are people who think that it might be real and why that they're wrong. <laughs> oh. I know, everything else was like, definitely wrong. Here's a quote, 130, there's a 130 year record of scientific research on such matters. 130 years? I know. This was wow. in um, 1980. They said that. Wow. So, even longer ago. Um, th a 130-year record of scientific research on such matters, and the matters being extrasensory perception, mental telepathy, or mind-over-matter exercises, so psychokinesis. And um, our committee, so this is a committee put together by the United States Army in 1984 mm. to test um, for, like, psychokinetic abilities. So our committee could find no scientific justification for the existence of any of these phenomena. And I was like, ah, oh, what a drag. Well then. I know, because there's like, there have been a lot of like unrepeatable tests, like unrepeatable events. So if like something happens like one time and they're like, and they can't duplicate it. So that's part of, like, proving, um, like, that a scientific hypothesis yeah. is its repeatability. So people are like, scientifically, you can't prove that this is real. Because, like, maybe you stared at something and it fell over. But if you can't do it a second time, right. like, you can't justify that. Huh. Yeah. And then also I found out that the ideas of psychokinesis violate several well-established laws of physics. The inverse square law, the second law of thermodynamics, and the conservation of momentum. And I did not write down what all of those were, because I was like, I vaguely remember those from physics class. So, I can click on them, because I did attach, like, the link to oh, the Wikipedia page. You, so, if I needed to go into detail, I could. So, the inverse square law is any physical law stating that a specified physical quantity is inversely proportional to the square of the distance from the source of the physical quantity. So that's basically like an energy thing. Hmm. I think they're all pretty much energy things. Yeah. And then the second law of thermodynamics states that the total entropy of an isolated system can never decrease over time. And the conservation of momentum is one of Newton's laws. 
and it is where did it go i just clicked on it oh no well isn't that similar to like object in motion stays in motion type of thing yeah i'm just like yeah newton's law of motion context closing right now yes that one does not exchange any matter with its surroundings as is not acted on by external forces. Hmm. So, um, like an object in motion stays in motion unless acted on by an outside force. Mm-hmm. So, if you're not like exerting energy on something, like physical energy on something, it will not move. Right. So, that's basically what all of those laws are. They're kind of the same thing. I feel like that's a lot of physics. It's I know. Kind of the same. All thing. of physics is very redundant, I oh. think. I think, because it's like, I don't know, physics and chemistry cover like the same kind of things, but from like different perspectives. Um, so I think law of thermodynamics is a chemistry law. Or it might be physics still. I don't know. Wikipedia said it was a law of physics. Okay. But, um,. Yeah, so it's like an object can't lose its energy without being acted on by an outside force. And so if you're just, like, looking at something, that's not, like, a force. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, Googling telekinesis was kind of lame because, huh. like, you think of it in terms of, like, a superpower. Yeah. And, like, because it's kind of like a stock superpower, so everybody's like, oh, like, my superhero can move things with their mind and like you see it in the movies and it's like fun um but then when you get to like actual science actual science totally ruins it but well there was an article um that I sort of skimmed I didn't write anything down and it was talking about like how magicians like have like invented tricks that like are the illusion mm-hmm. of like moving things with your mind like the spoon bending trick which is really just you have two different spoons. Right. Yeah. But, so, yeah, it was a bummer. But maybe in the year 2243 or whenever Star Trek is, I don't know, sometime in the future, 2342. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing numbers out there. Um, maybe on another planet that very far in the future there exists... Where somehow you can send, like, a different, you know how we have, like, microwaves and gamma rays and x-rays. And maybe there's a ray that somehow... A radiation? Yes. That you, as an entity, can be infected with. And then you can send those rays to objects and they cause a force. They create a force. That would be moving energy. Exactly, yeah. So then, like, through that planet it would be possible, but... Right now, in today's society, on planet Earth, no such, like, what energy exists. I like, cross paths. So, like, say I'm staring at Spock trying to make a move, and then you, like, walk in front of it. Would you be like, ah, ugh. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, would you get hit with the rays? Yeah. Would I move? Even though you're focusing on that object. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it, like, can't go through humans. Maybe. Or maybe it couldn't go through beings i don't know they wouldn't be humans but they'd be whatever they are that'd be interesting because you know were you ever told as a kid not to stand in front of the microwave because the rays will give you cancer Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah that's not true yeah so (laughs) yeah (laughs) so maybe like it's something like that like oh don't stand in front of someone when they're trying to 
move something or whatever, and then... Everybody watch out, I gotta move this couch. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna need you to clear the room, please. I don't know. Or maybe it's just, like, it would be so ingrained into, like, everybody's daily lives that... It doesn't phase them? Yeah. They'd just be able to, like, cross paths, and then, like, you'd lose... Maybe they're, like, sending the same frequency, too, so it'd yeah. just be, like, a womp. I don't know. Hmm. Or maybe, like, you don't even have to have, like, visual contact, like, on an item to move it. So if somebody crosses in front of you, like, maybe your rays can, like... Go through them or Through them or around, around them, them, and even though you're not, like, looking at the object, you can still move it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That'd be neat. Mm-hmm. That'd be a way to physically, through physics, science of physics, to, like, explain it. If, like, there was some kind of undiscoverable ray on a foreign planet, some form of radiation that you could use. Hmm. That way it's not just like, oh, I'm using my will. Because, like, that doesn't have energy. <laughs> Speaking from personal experience... <laughs> My will does not equate to energy. <sighs> like, I have the will to go to the gym, but, you know, when there's a will, it's not always a way. There's never a way there's... for me. I'm like, ah, the gym's right there. I should, oh, there it goes. Oh, I'm <laughs> off to work. Yeah, I'm passing it. Oh, my gosh. I have, like, three bags full of clothes in my trunk that I need to take to the Goodwill. Still? And I pass the Goodwill every day on my way home from work. So that's like three days a week I go past the Goodwill. And it's not like it's that much out of the way when I'm at home either. But, like, I'll go past it and I'll be like, there's the Goodwill. <laughs> like, I've had them in my trunk since January. I think I've told you this. Mm-hmm. But they're still there. Just a casual update. We're hitting five months now, Tara. I know. I know. It's embarrassing. I look like I'm living out of my car probably. Or that I'm a hoarder, which is worse. That's worse. Love it. Yeah. It's okay, though. But I'll get to it, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll just live... With these three yeah. bags in the back of your car for the rest of your life? Yep. Goodness. Uh, stiff neck. Yeah. Working all day. I didn't do yoga before I left home this morning, because I had to leave home at 7.15, and I was still five minutes late. Hmm. Ah, uh, Yeah. I asked about getting a key at work, and they were like, you have to start showing up on time to get a key. I'm like, it's not my fault. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I guess I should leave my house like 30 minutes earlier than when I planned to leave my house. That means I'd be in the car for like an hour and a half instead of just an hour. It'd be a lot, but I really want a store key. That's going to be my motivation. That's how they're going to motivate me to be on time. Not with, like, because it's your job to be on time. They're going to be like, we'll give you a key to the store. And I'm like, okay, I'll be on time. And then you'll be like, nope, five five more minutes. Right. It'll probably last for, like, a week of me being on time. Yeah. It's just so exhausting. Because especially when we're going to have to start being in at eight. Mm-hmm. I have to leave my house at seven. And if I want to take a shower, I have to wake up at 5.30. It's a long day, Tara. I know. And then, like, we close at 7, so we're out by 8, sometimes even later. 
yesterday, we didn't leave until 8.30. So that means I didn't get home until 9.45. That's ridiculous. I know. I didn't fall asleep until 10. And then you had to work this morning. Oh, wait. No, that was on Saturday. Saturday. And then, but I still had to get up and go yeah. to work on Sunday. So, it's dreadful. But, that's all the research that I have. So, it's kind of a drag, I guess. But, so I mean, much. yeah. I thought it was interesting. It just yeah. wasn't that much. I know. It's more scientific-y and, like, The science is truth. like, poo-poo, this isn't real. Exactly. And you're like, well, I want it to be real. Exactly. Like, that's how I feel about, like, ghosts and stuff. Mm-hmm. People are like, ghosts aren't real. And I'm like, I know, objectively, that ghosts aren't real. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of fun to believe that ghosts are real mm-hmm. and that they do wacky stuff. It's more fun that way. Yes. That's how I feel about mermaids, which people think that's super weird. I'm like, I know factually that mermaids do not exist. But, like, I like to believe that they exist, if that makes sense. Fine. Yeah. I like to believe that uh, Bigfoot exists. Aha! We all have our Mothman's out there, too. That's it's Bigfoot's out there. Mothman's out there, too. They're all out there. Should we wrap this up? I would say so. Yeah. We're almost at an hour. Yeah, we are. So, we've been talking for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, find us on Twitter. Yes. Research Rewatch. It's our handle. Email us, researchandrewatch at gmail. Yes. My handle... So yours changed again. My handle is It's a Real Ginger. Mine is still Tombs Raider. That's what it is. I wanted to say terrible. Nah. It's Tombs Raider. Yes. I'm, I think it is. I haven't changed it. I'm so bad about, like, using apps. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, but on the upside, it's The Tombs Raider. The Tombs Raider. Yes. There's that's two O's. Is. Yes. And an S. And more Star Trek next week. Yes. Or two weeks. I don't know how we're going to be releasing this yet. Uh, It's more of my duty I need to do. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Who's the 12-year-old boy now? It's me. (laughs) On that note. Bye. Bye.